This is the Revved Up Sports Show with Bobby Chaffee. We do have this nice little format that we try to try to follow every week. We don't usually follow it. And Rodney Rodriguez. Entertain me. Tell me something. I need to know something other than what I'm seeing. All right, here we go. Here's Bobby and Rodney. When they wave the green flag, you take off. Black flag means get the hell off the track. Get the hell off the track on the black flag. That's it, you understand me? Tell me about the checker flag. I wouldn't worry about that checker flag by you, boy. I have still had folks that ask where that came from. And that is actually, uh, that's from Grease Lightning. That's, uh, That's Richard Pryor asking those questions, everybody. Richard Pryor. In a car racing movie, if you don't uh, if you don't know the story, that is uh, Grease Lightning, the story, the the movie version of uh, of Wendell Scott is uh, what that's all about. Welcome to hashtag Real Race Talk. It is the Revved Up Sports Show. Rodney Rodriguez still uh, flying solo here once again uh, on your Monday as we get uh, off and going. I uh, hope everybody's having a great day. Hope everybody's having a great day. And, and I, I got to tell you. Um, this is a great program that, uh, that I have set, uh, for you this afternoon, this evening, whatever the hell it's called. Don't watch a home run derby. You can watch that later or, you know, if you, you got to watch that, uh, don't watch soccer or, or whatever the hell else is on. It's time for hashtag real race talk. My, my man, Bruce Wright already checking in and I've got to give just, uh, uh, lots of love to, to Bruce Wright and Miss Ellie and to the showstopper, Jake Wright. Those guys right there uh, put me up in the in the palatial confines of the Bruce Wright motorhome, and I, I tell you, I, I love I love staying there. It was one of those situations where I knew it was going to be a late night. Uh, I had had some hotel issues the issues the last time uh, in in Mobile, so I thought, well, you know, let me uh, let me talk to Brother Bruce, and of course, he and Miss Ellie and Jake are like, man. Got you set up. So great hospitality as well. And um, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. I, I love you to tears, man, for uh, putting me up in the spot right there. Always a good time. Didn't get to watch movies. We didn't got, get to watch movies this time. It's um, it's Bruce Wright's fault that uh, that I have this sudden fashion, fascination with Julianne Huff. I had heard of her before. And for some reason, I, I just never, you know, didn't dislike her. I mean, it was one of those things that I just never, she didn't tug at the heartstrings for me at all. And then we go to Snowball Derby and we're watching uh, Rock of Ages over and over and over. And now, anytime that a commercial comes on for rooms to go, I'm fixated on the TV. And that's um, courtesy of Bruce Wright. So, thank you, Bruce. That's one of the many great things that Bruce has done for me. Great, good stuff, good stuff. And uh, timing was perfect. Let me tell you, Mobile friends, I'm sure a lot of you know, but um, so I, I don't think I've said this yet. 6.45 on the show, we're going to talk to Code Red. Cody Tidwell will join in. That's another one of the guys where we see a lot, a lot of folks jumping around to different classes. Cody Tidwell is still a modified guy, and um, I, I, I'm going to enjoy talking to him. We'll talk about uh, his just his whole career, um, you know, life i mean he's a lifer in the sport i mean he doesn't know anything different like so many of us we'll talk to him and then really looking forward at 7 15 i'm going to talk to john chance from the wheelman series that's a i don't know if you know about the wheelman series it's a florida series but they, they they look very much like the 
outlaws that that we know and love and are loving more and more each and every time we get to see them race, especially with car counts like we had in Mobile. But we'll talk about that. And the more that I've learned about the Wheelman Series, it's um, it's no wonder that it does well. But we'll talk to him at seven fifteen. But a great program. So I do want to. I do want to. Uh, what I was talking about Mobile. I'm sure folks that were there know. It um, get the hell out of there when it was done, because man, we got a torrential downpour. We had lightning. It was it was quite the quite the weather event. I mean, you would think. I thought because I had to get up and catch a red eye back to Texas. I got up that morning and I thought I looked outside and I thought, man, it's got to be cold outside because it just looked cold. It looked cold, Bruce. Hope y'all got out well. The gate was locked. <laughs> Hope y'all were able to get out well. If you went out the second way, if you went out the 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 other way, somebody knocked the barricade down. This guy right here. This guy right here. But um, anyway, um, man, that weather came. That weather came, and it was um, it was looking rough. And and we got the hellacious storm. So again, just where. Mobile has been the total opposite of Houston. Houston can't buy a break with weather when it comes to forecasts. And again, Gina explained why that was the case last week. Mobile has been the total opposite, where Mobile has gotten every... You talk about rolling 7-11. Mobile's rolling 7-11 and when it comes to, to the weather because it... Um, it, it it worked out. It, it worked out uh, really well there with the timing of all of that because we we did have a shitstorm that came after that uh, the races were were done. So thank goodness for all of that. But uh, do want to give you guys an update. And I saw that that Max Kaya's had posted on on Facebook an update of um, his situation there. Um, obviously, for those of you that that do not know, Max Kaya's was involved right there running in, in the top three once again as he had the great run at Pensacola. In that uh, 112 car, he had what has happened to all of us, but or to many of us, but what happened to him, fortunately, doesn't happen to many of us, where something broke in the rear end, he had a drive shaft come through the cockpit of the race car, and unfortunately, obviously, in that modified, that's a lot narrower race car than, than what you're going to see with some of the stalkers. He... Um, it came up and it got him right on the elbow and and I reached out to Max uh, immediately yesterday and and he replied to me and and I saw I saw a picture I know that he's uh he's posted there kind of the updates with with everything that's going on with him he's going to be on the shelf for a little bit and we'll all be you know praying please take some time there and and, and have some good thoughts uh for Max cuz he's a, he's a good dude um he's going to be on the shelf for a little bit cuz that that elbow there took a hell of a shot and he actually sent me a, a a picture of it without the bandages that we saw on Facebook, and it it is brutal, it is brutal, and um, it's going to be a long it's going to be a long uh, road there of of recovery for for that uh, great uh, young dude right there from Max Kaya's. Just a just a great wheel man. I mean, we've talked to him on the show here before, and um, he he does he does a lot of good things uh, for racing, and um, he's a guy that will drive the hell out of anything. So let's let's be thinking about Max because uh, he's he's going to be going through quite the. I can only imagine that the 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 recovery the rehab part there is going to be a lot for Max. So uh, best wishes there, amigo. Um, Ojalá que todo va a estar bien. Um, ho- hopefully real soon uh, for Max and we got I, I tell you I am so impressed one of the things coming out of, of Mobile for me is just Memphis Villarreal or Memphis Villarreal how y'all should say it this dude here so he took three of the four of the summer series at Mobile 
in the modified, and it's it's documented. I, I beat the story into the ground about the challenges that this team faces when they get out there against some of these horsepower guys. And, and these guys, I mean, obviously the car's really, really fast, but just the, the when we talk about wheelman series, talk about a wheelman, what, what, what we're watching Memphis do. I talked to him after the race. Of course, the leaders got you know, tied up there a little bit as you had a, a Papini there. And, and Green, that we're having a really good race right there, and that, that contact happens. And one, one of those situations, I know folks see it different ways. I saw it, you know, whatever way I saw it. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a racing deal. It sucks for both of them. But, again, just Virial just sitting there. And it, Memphis was, was telling me, you know, the car, the car was off. You know, I lucked out into this. If you go back and watch that, Memphis was stalking those two guys once again. He was he was well on his way again. We were going to have a really good, you know, three to four car race right there for those modifieds. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, the bottom line is this kid just won three of four races at Mobile as that car count continued to increase. And he took home a $500 bonus from Top Spot Internet Marketing out of Houston. And that's that's great for them. I mean, because that that's – uh, you know, you want to talk about a short toe, not not that, that Houston to Mobile is a short toe regardless, and Lord knows it's not the easiest. And thank you for all of you Texas guys that have been doing this because it ain't no smooth trip. I mean, going through Louisiana and getting there into into the Gulfport area of Mississippi, it's it's I'm hearing horror stories about how the the travel is and to to make that toe and to continue to do it that's I mean applaud you guys man thank thank you thank you so much for doing that and and, and I'll tell you there's a lot of folks giving me shit about flying that ain't been much easier I, I mean it's just once I get on the plane getting there yeah it's great but it uh it, it it's torturous to get there but the Virials man they they are going from corpus <laughs> they're from corpus but um you want to talk about really stamping a name there and really putting themselves on a pedestal as guys that it's going to be really hard to beat and just for for a great family that that um have come out and and really made themselves a name here i mean there was a we're all familiar with that name right now but folks are seeing what what the virials are doing there in memphis just really stamping that name and just obviously talking about what he was doing on the on the with the factory stocks i mean how impressive is that i mean and congratulations there three out of four that's really really impressive and and i'm sure most of you caught the the news as well that there's going to be two additional races uh from the gulf coast racing series at mobile don't have the dates yet don't have the classes don't have any of that but it will be determined here very very quick gulf coast racing series that's where you're going to find uh, all of that news we have to uh, Texas Texas dirt track. Um, I mean Houston as well, and the pavement side. But man, it's just it's killing me for Texas racetracks. I mean the, this weather has been. It's I'll tell you, it, and and I, I hate to say it, but looking at some of the forecasts that are coming up, this forecast has just been torrential to where it's. It looks like we're having a good day. It looks like we're going to have a good day. And then we get a downpour at whatever time it's going to be, and, and it's just killing these racetracks. I mean, you know, with with the rainouts that we've watched, I, I mean, I know, I know that, that 105 and Kennedale and, and Devil's Bowl were able to get races in, uh, among others, this weekend. But it's just so odd to me to see what's happening with, with weather 
You guys know that I have the, you can call it whatever you want to call it. I mean, I know a lot of folks call it the, the weather bong that, that I use to kind of keep track of forecasts and everything. But it, it, it's been so tough to see. It's very weird to me that, that tracks up in the DFW area are not having the weather issues and the tracks further down south, I mean, south Texas, I mean, I was gut punched for them trying to get a race date in and hell, you have torrential stuff that's coming in, but it's very odd that we're having the problem here. DFW, they're getting their stuff in, which great for them. But man, my my heart sinks for all of these tracks here uh, in our region. And hopefully, you know, I know Cotton Bowl among others or rescheduling races. Waco's trying to get races in this week that are on schedule. But uh, hopefully, all that pans out. But we'll get to that uh, a little bit later in the program. We're going to the hotline, talking about dirt track racing and, and talking about uh, guys that are that are finding places to race. That this dude went and found him a track to race. Um, and thanks to Joe Spillman because I, I thank Joe so many times for helping me learn dirt track racing better as I've gotten into the dirt track racing uh, uh, announcing stuff. But uh, this is one of the first nicknames there where Joe's throwing nicknames out and I'm picking them up, you know, talking like I know what the hell I'm talking about. Going to the hotline, Code Red, Cody Tidwell. Cody, how we doing, man? Good, I'm yourself. I'm doing well, sir. I'm doing well. Thank you uh, for, for taking the time, uh, jumping in. Talk about your weekend. You did, uh, you did find a, a, a place to race. Uh, give us a rundown how it all went for you. Uh, with Kennedale, uh, I like that track. Um, usually there's pretty good cars there and, you know, like, like it's been this year, there was a low car count, but pretty decent cars, drivers there. Um, got lucky in the heat, got behind John White, finished second, qualified, started sixth in the feature, kind of did the same thing, rode around the middle of the track where nobody was, got second, and then, uh, had Justin Perkle show us all up on the high side and, <laughs> You know, on a, on a late race restart, I got around John on the high side, and then I just kind of rode because it was uh, it was treacherous. Yeah. So I wasn't going to damage the car. Yeah. But Justin Perkle put on a good show, and and John White and I had a good battle. So it was, it was a good weekend. Yeah, that, that's a couple of really damn good ones right there to be chasing. <laughs> no doubt about that. So break it all down for us. I mean, you you you've been at this for quite a while, and it, like like so many of us, like I was saying. You know the 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 fruit doesn't fall too far from the vine. We're we're born into this, and we just keep doing it. Talk us through your whole career. So I've been racing on and off for the past ten years. Uh, my dad has raced, crewed, whatever he, he can since he was eighteen, <laughs> and we all started at Texas Thunder. Um, that's actually where I cut my teeth in a mod. Um, you know, grew up in the back of a pickup with Big Mike, Bobby Sleva. Uh, the Hendersons, you know, the whole group. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just kind of took off from there. And uh, wasn't very good when I started. Wasn't sure I was going to continue to race. But luckily, uh, my dad is a really great teacher and a hell of a setup guy. Mm-hmm. And got me going in the right direction the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So. No doubt. And it, isn't that, I mean, I know because for myself, I mean, my dad and I, I mean, that that's what we always did. We went to the races and, and uh, you know, then we raced and, and whatever. Isn't that what's so, what's so cool about this is, I mean, it's family, it's it's moms, dads, sons, whatever. It's what you do, and, and it's just so hard to get away from. Absolutely. Uh, my dad and I are super close because of the racing, and, you know, we, we spend – three four nights a week together and then all saturdays and we're spending sundays talking about what we're going to do next week or watching the weather like here lately yeah and, 
uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do. But yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a big family atmosphere. And I, I recently got engaged and my fiance loves it. You know, she's, we've got our, our core group of friends with McSpadden and O'Brien and, you know, all those guys, the Florios and the Tyndalls and just every, it's a big giant family down there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, already getting questions on, on the Facebook feed, uh, Cody. Uh, Jimmy Tidwell asks, uh, ask him about hot lapping with Jason Henderson as 15 year olds. You know, I, I went out as a, as a, 12 no i think 13 14 year old my dad sent me to hot lap his race car at san antonio speedway um so it sounds like you had a similar uh situation there so our jake henderson and myself we weren't allowed to race until you know we had car control because our dads right. weren't just going to throw us out there with pj and Keith <laughs> Watt because they knew we'd be in the way and we were too competitive with one another well in hot laps i actually destroyed half of Jake's car and an entire front end on mine because that's how competitive we were. I did not want him to beat me in hot laps where it didn't even matter. So this is before I even had an IMCA license. You know, they just cut us loose out there and we were having a good time and I had a run on him and stuffed it in him going into three. Yeah. That's awesome. It was a long ride home after that. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. Holy shit. That is, that is hilarious, man. Oh God. I love that, man. What a great story. That's going to make our sound clips on that one. Um, you mentioned Texas Thunder, Stars and Stripes. I mean, when when I went uh, year, year, way back, way way years ago, Stars and Stripes, talk about that place. I mean, it, it, people talk about lost speedways and so forth and so on. I think people just don't realize how special that place was to so many of us. Man, you, uh, when you think about it, you had national champions coming out of there. Keith White, PJ, Kenny Stone, Pat McGuire. I mean, just big names, big Texas names that could go anywhere and win in the state. And growing up as a kid, we'd watch that, and, you know, that's what you'd aspire to be. You know, I, I remember watching Keith just put it on him or him and PJ and their battles, and it was, uh, it, was, it was just a great place to be because that's where the, you know, other than Waco, that's where the cream of the crop was running, in my opinion. You know, that's, that's where they put it down. It was a tiny bull ring, quarter-mile track, three lanes wide, and then you put up or shut up when you showed up. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. And, and and let me ask you about Waco as well. Talk about that place. I mean, I've gotten to go this year, and uh, I mean, it it that place is unbelievable. I mean, j- just the history there. I mean, the fans are rabid fans. I mean, they are so loyal. It's like fourth, fifth generation people that are there. I mean, talk about Heart of Texas. That that is like a destination racetrack in this country. Absolutely. If you've never been there on a Friday night or a big show, it's it's a completely different atmosphere. You know, you to this day, I'll still get butterflies sitting in the lineup shoot just because, wow. you know, the quality of drivers there and, and and it means a lot. I mean, if you can run up front there, you can you can pretty much go anywhere and, and, and be decent or, or get recognized or, sure. you know, it, it, it's it's up there in the toughest track to get a hold of. But just the drivers, I mean, Kevin Green, Tomlinson, you know, just all them guys, they, they get it, they throw it down. You know, when you show up there on a Friday night, you better be ready to roll because they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always tell people, I'm like, if this, if the track has a Hall of Fame, uh, yeah. it's got to be pretty yeah. badass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen many a good races there. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. So, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about this year. Uh, I mean, uh, 
break it down uh, for me your thoughts on 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 your performance i mean you were man it's a joy to watch you man you guys when you hang those cars over um i'll ask you about the modifieds themselves here in just a minute but uh break down the season for me uh, your thoughts on it uh, to this point other than the damn weather here is horrible yeah um you know it's it's been pretty productive we uh we were running really good and consistent until the mod tour had a pretty good wreck and I had to sit out a little while waiting on parts. Um, just got that all back and now we're kind of just straightening the car back out, getting it, getting it to where it was. And, uh, you know, unfortunately when you miss two, three weeks, you, mm-hmm. you lose that speed because, you know, they're all figuring out little tweaks to do here and there. And then I got to come back in and start reeling them back in, um, which is, you know, good thing i've got dad because it makes it a lot easier with two of us yeah um you know so far it's been pretty decent other than the, the parts bill yeah 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 there's always that <laughs> i mean the, the rain's been a blessing kind of because it's it's given me an opportunity to not lose so much time because everybody else having to sit out too yeah. except for the north texas guys i can't figure that out usually they're the ones getting rained out now it's us Dude, I, I was just talking about that. Isn't that so weird? I mean, it's like they, they, they are the ones where the weather is horrible. And um, oh, yeah. I, I don't know what the hell's going on because now now it's down here. I mean, that makes no sense to me. I, I guess with the day and age that we're living in, I guess it's normal, I guess, now. Yeah, it, it seems like that this year. I've, I think I've raced more at Kennedale and, and up there in southern Oklahoma than I have at Cotton Bowl. Yeah, yeah, probably so. so probably so. Yeah. Probably so. So – modifieds i mean to me when you guys come out and you guys start racing i mean sport mods are great i mean i love the stock cars i mean all of that uh but man you guys are the ones um i mean i remember being a pavement guy most of my life we'd go to the to the mcallen nationals my dad and i and we would watch all of that Talk, talk about uh, the the modifieds. It looks like everything's coming back around. Uh, I mean, I know I know that for a while there, car counts were dropping, but Marianne seems to get a good count of modifieds, and uh, Waco does a good job of getting a car count of modifieds. What what what's bringing it back to to, to what it should be? Because it's a premier class, uh, in my opinion. I hope nobody's pissed off when I say that. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I'm going to agree with you, but that's because when I grew, <laughs> you know, up through racing, yep. you had you. Had- street stocks you had your stock cars and then you had modifieds you know those were your main three classes you had your wing cars every now and then um but that was it so when the sport mod came out the mod count dropped drastically because everybody thought they were going to be you know less expensive and all this but when you really break it down i mean from a stock car to a modified you're you're pretty close in money so it's really just what you pick and choose to race there but um i think some of the sport mod guys are getting tired of, you know, racing what they're racing and they want to come up. And like you said, everybody says it's the premier class and they, that's what they want to get in. And that's what they want to be recognized as. And I mean, Trevor Egbert mm-hmm. got back in a mod this year and, you know, within three races was setting the world on fire. So, which was no surprise. <laughs> um, I, I think people are coming in and out of it again. And, and we've got a whole new crop of people I've never met and you know raced with and so it's it's good to see you know the car counts coming back up i'd like to see b mains every night again that'd be pretty nice yeah yeah but uh i think we'll slowly and surely get there yeah i think so too i think so too how how hard are those cars to drive uh, i mean because when, when i see 
you, you guys get out there, but but of course, I mean, your cars pivot better. I, I mean, it, it looks difficult, but at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I mean, the, the bottom line is, pardon my French, you, you have to have big balls because you guys just you just roll these things in, you lay them over, and you just stand on the gas. I mean, t- take me through a lap of of driving one of these fire breathing modifieds. Well, in the heavy, it's pretty much just mad it. Mat it, rotate it, and stick it right back in there. You know, you got to, whatever you can get at, especially with the crate, you got to be freed and and rotating. Uh, When it slicks off, you know, we're kind of cheating because the harder you drive them, the better they drive. Right. So like that, you know, like stock car drivers, I got a lot of respect for them because I've I've driven a few and and I suck in them and I probably (laughs) will never race one. Uh They're heavy. They don't maneuver very well, and and you got to have a lot of momentum behind it. And I, for whatever reason, can't figure that out. Yeah. But the mod, it's it's all about just keeping yourself out of trouble. You know, free lane of traffic. Make sure you don't get up in the crumbles, and and you know, don't let the car get out from underneath you. And as long as you're pointed, you you know, that crate will take you wherever you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, I would think so. I mean, because the stock car. I mean, that big old heavy, bulky thing. I mean, you're you're trying to do something with a car that it's not intended to do. Where with with the modified, obviously the the weight difference, but I, I mean you've get, you've got that in there. This car is built to do what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a there's a big difference, and I got a lot of respect for the stock car drivers because uh, I I I can't I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Absolutely, absolutely. Have to ask you, Cody. So I mean, factory stock. Obviously, I mean it's it's the rage. I mean, I would love to have an eye stock. I grew up driving street stock pavement cars. To me, an eye stock is what I would want to race if I were able to race on dirt. But man, these factory stocks are blowing up. We're seeing guys that are selling modifieds to 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 run those and get to go run all over the place and you know big money shows and all of that. Your thoughts on that? Because in my humble opinion. Hell, for the money that I'm going to spend on one of those, I would just as soon race with you guys. Well, it's a catch-22 there. Um, I mean, if you have it in your program to be able to travel Louisiana, Mississippi, you know, all the places they're putting them, them big money shows on up north, Arklatex, and you can do that, I would. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't be in a factory stock because two or three times a month you can be racing for five to ten grand to win. You know, I mean, look at Justin Whitehead. He goes out and stomps him 90% of the time, and he still drives a mod. So I don't I don't dislike him. Uh, I wish there was less classes, though, so that we could have more cars per class. So if they wanted to do away with sport mods and just keep factory stocks, I'd be okay with that. Mm, yeah. And and that's a good point because I I can tell you one thing uh, I mean the downfall of of pavement racing in Texas was exactly that too many classes just too much yeah. is that something that needs to be reevaluated in your opinion needs to be reevaluated and let's trim the fat here a little bit and get and get this thing back in order before we run into like what the pavement people are dealing with absolutely I think that's what killed the the mod count was the sport mod. Um, and you know, the I stock count's probably going to go down because of factory stocks. If, if people can't afford to race both classes and it, I mean, it, every 
five, six years, it seems to happen. Something pops up and everybody gets on board with it and then that struggles and yeah, absolutely. Trim the fat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. That's, I really think that that's uh, what needs to happen. So um, back to the modified. So, so your thoughts moving forward uh, the the rest of the year, um, what, what do you have planned? I mean, the nice thing is, I mean, you're one of those guys where you, where you do travel and it's fine if some guys don't, I mean, you have your track, but uh, I mean, I think you guys are very much of the opinion. It sounds like I just want to race. <laughs> I mean, I'll go to North Texas. Oh, yeah. What, what all's oh, yeah. uh, planned for you guys? Uh, I take it week by week, you know, right now with the weather, we're just going to play it by ear. Um, you know, if I know cotton bowl summer series is fixing to start up and I'm, I'm interested in that. And then, uh, I might race at Waco a few more times this year. Um, I'll, I'll probably be there for their big shows at the end of the year. And then, um, just whatever else I can hit in between there trying to, I'm, I'm getting married in December and I want to have a bachelor party and go racing. So we're trying to decide between Boone or, you know, something like that, take off for a week and, and go have fun with the guys. Um, but I, I, I pretty much take it week by week. I don't really have a schedule. We kind of get up Wednesday and, and dad and I will start talking about where we want to go. And, and that's how we decide. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And um, I got to tell you, it's to speak to that. I, I think it's so important talking about the bachelor party and all that. And uh, message me if you have extra room. Uh, I'll go. Okay. But uh, all right. <laughs> how important is it, uh, I mean, to, to have that support there? Obviously, you've got, uh, you mentioned your dad, but to have your spouse's support. I mean, because like for me, my wife doesn't give a rat's ass about racing. But going off to announce at all these places and and even when i was still actively racing you know at the end with the dwarf cars had her blessing whatever do what you need to do spend the money that you need to spend within reason um isn't that important you got to have that extra element right there of the support of of the significant other absolutely uh my mom was kind of like sounds like your wife with my dad growing up you know she would go but it wasn't really her thing. And then once I got old enough, she was like, yeah, I'm just going to stay home, read my book. But, uh, no, Love Shannon it. loves to go with us. She gets upset when she can't go. And, you know, sometimes she's the one pushing us because we're like, oh, it looks like rain. And she's like, get in the truck. We're going. Like, All right. I guess we're going. We're going to drive two hours. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Yeah. Yeah. But well, now it's super. It, she, she gives me time off in the middle of the week to go do what I need to do. And it's it's awesome. Yeah. And and I think she I, I think she checked in on the Facebook feed and said that uh, I couldn't tell you how many times I have heard I'm going <laughs> I'm going wherever they are racing. So I, I think that maybe you've kind of set the 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 the, the, the kind of the benchmark there of what's going to happen. She knows we don't have a schedule. She gets upset because she's an ex, <laughs> and she'll get up on Saturday morning to have to go get a lamb. We're like, oh yeah, we're going to Southern Oklahoma, so be back by two. <laughs> and then she rush around and. She's a trooper. She gets her pillow and her blanket. She does just fine. Yeah, yeah. That's very important. Very important. So so your thoughts. The future of the Modifieds, and I'll cut you loose, man. Thanks so much for jumping on, and, and I appreciate it. Um, and this has been a lot of fun. Um, your thoughts, the future of the Modifieds. We're, we're, we're seeing it come back around. Um, do you think we get back to in Texas? I would love to have because it, it does seem – where we get to the end of the year shows and it's more of a factory stock sport mod thing. Do, do you think that maybe in the next couple of years we get back to where we have something like the the Miller Modified Nationals at, at McAllen? Do you do you think that's possible, or do you think that we're just going to be 
in a mode where where we hope for really really good counts on regular shows for for those you know the big mods and that's so hard to say because now we have the late model series up in mm, dallas and a lot right. of the guys are running leonard's running that uh dean abby who used to be in a mod runs in that chris bragg runs in that i mean we're losing guys to that and then the stock car deal is really taking off there's quite a few mod guys in stock cars this year um hard to say mm-hmm. um i mean i would i would really hope so because you know i remember 10 years ago at waco it took three days to run the fall classic because there'd be that many mods and, and stocks and, and stock cars there um i i hope so i really do but it's it's too early to tell right now i mean the car count has been up this year but I don't know if that's just because everybody's had a chance with the rain and yeah. we've missed some holidays. Because normally this is about the time of the year when car counts start dropping because of the heat. Nobody wants to work on their car. Yeah. Nobody wants to race on Christ Lake tracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought of something else. So, so where, where do, where are your, uh, are those modifieds better? Is it, is it, Dry slick. I mean, I hear you drive it like asphalt. I mean, I don't know. Actually, I do know that's a fact because I, I drove in my dwarf car. I was on a dry slick track and I drove it like asphalt, which what what I'm used to, and, and I was really good. And uh, I've driven on a on a heavy track and I sucked. I, I mean, is there a preference for you? Two, two questions: preference for you, you know, the type of track, and which one of these do you like the best? I mean, is it the, is it the, the bull rings or is it that big old massive ass monster over in, in page? Um, so as far as track condition goes, I'm not a complainer. So yeah. either way, yeah. I'm good. As long as we're there to race, as long as the track stays open, I don't care if it's, Boom. you know, or down or Boom. smooth and, yep. and, um, I, I have a, I like, I prefer a smaller, tighter track. Mm-hmm like the Kennedales and the Wacos, just because I, it, the adrenaline gets up there. Mm-hmm. You know, Cotton Bowl, if there's enough of us there, it's a good time, but usually it's a two- or three-car breakaway, and then we're all having to chase each other. And and I don't really enjoy that because I get a little frustrated if I'm the third guy in line and I can't catch the guy in front of me. Yeah. But the the small, tight tracks, it, it's, there's always a lot of action. I don't mind fixing sheet metal at the end of the week, so... <laughs> That, that ain't no big deal to me, but yeah. um, my driving style tends to suit Cotton Bowl a little better. You know, long straightaways, tight corners, uh-huh. you know, consistent braking, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And when there's a cushion up there, I really enjoy it because you really get to let it hang out. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. So a- any thoughts for you on, on getting a factory stock or any of that since we are seeing all of that? I mean – I see guys doing it. Uh, I mean, Raymond. Raymond got an eye stock. I mean, is Cody Tidwell going to do that, or are you tried and true with that badass modified? I'm pretty tried and true. I I'm geared up for that. And that's what yep. I want to run. Um, you know, if if Big Mike ever wants to let me in his car every now and then, I'll probably play around in that. Yep. Um, but no, I've I've got no interest in a factory stock at all. Um, I stock if I have to, <laughs> have to. Uh, but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the mod. Yeah, it's just that's my wheelhouse, and and then I just don't want to relearn a whole new car. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I, I personally would think driving that, I don't think I'd want to drive anything else. But th- that's just me. But uh, anyway, dude, um, thanks for the time. Great conversation. And um, so so we're Cotton Bowl this weekend for you, hopefully, if, if we don't. <laughs> that's that's my for <laughs> yeah. fixing the, the washer and get it ready. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it, man. Uh, I actually won't be there, but I'll, I'll be there soon again. But, uh, man, love watching you out there. And I do love that at Cotton Bowl. When you put that thing up on the top side, that, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's badass racing right there, man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. We do it for the fans, right? That's right. Yep, yep. <laughs> Y'all put on a hell of a show each and every time. I, I don't care if you, have, if you have 20 cars or if you guys have six. It's always a good race. There we go. Yes, that's sir. all I like to hear. That's right. That's right. Cody Tidwell, appreciate it, man. Uh, be well, and I'll see you soon, brother. Thank you, sir. You got it. Take care. All right, there he is, Cody Tidwell. And I, and I like that. You, you know, I like that a lot because, like I said, I would love to drive a factory shot. I think that would be really amazing. Uh, I mean, for me. But I'm a guy that, that raced stock cars. You know, that like I've talked about, you know, street stock cars, whatever the case. Hold on a second here. I've got a there we go. Um, but I, I think that that he wants to stay in that class. And I really want to see just just as an observer, because when it comes to, to dirt track and, and yes, thank you all for all the, the you guys. I got to tell you, I'm it's funny to me that people actually pay attention to, to things that you see everybody's giving me hell because it's like Texas racing personality. I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. That's great. But, um, yeah, you know, kind of, kind of one of those things that, that, that's what they said on, uh, that program right there. But, uh, anyway, I think we may be having a sound thing here. Let me go back and take a look, jump back in here. Hold on one second. If we are having a sound problem, I'm uh, in the process of fixing it here. So give me one second. I gotta check one thing right about here. Hold on, you may have a moment of silence. Still working. I'm still working on this right now, so just hang tight. Just hang tight. I'm seeing uh yeah, I don't know what happened there. Hold on, hold on one second. Making one adjustment. Still rolling here, so here we go. I think we probably have this fixed. Right. There we go. So I think everything is going about to be corrected, so you guys are going to have to tell me on the uh, Facebook feed here. because Yeah, I think we got it. I think we got it. Hold on a second.
All right, I think we may have it. Uh, hopefully, everything has been fixed at this point. Uh, hopefully, let's see if you can hear me. Trying to work to get that uh, issue resolved right there on the uh, Facebook side. Yeah, I don't know here. Uh, I'm going to do a quick little stop here. Try to get it rolling once again. And I think maybe we have it fixed. But, uh, so, yeah, so coming up, we're going to talk to the uh, about the Wheelman series. That will be uh, good stuff. I, I really like what I see with that, with that, uh, with that program because it, um, it, it they have a, a very distinctive form of events on, on how they do stuff. And I think that's super important with, with, you know, keeping a series alive. And that, um, that's something that, that I think people will, will understand how that all works, you know, with the car counts that they have. I, I think the car counts will make a little more sense once, you know, once you hear kind of the, the, the format that, that they're doing. And it's kind of the same format that, that we're using over in uh, with the Gulf Coast Racing Series. It's a lot of the same, lot of the same stuff that, that's in place to where it's beneficial to the, to the racers, to the drivers, you know, to the teams for them to do this. So, anyway, that's uh, something. If you can, go to revedupsportshow.com. Click on the audio link. I know audio is working totally fine. So we'll get uh, all of that uh, set up for you, and I'll continue to work here to um, to try to get all of this uh, working working right for you. But uh, going back to the hotline, and we were talking about uh, the the Wheelman series, the Wheelman series, and that's uh, you know one of those series that 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 they I tell you people have to be innovative with. Uh, with how how you make how you make things work and and these folks have done a great job. We're going to talk to John Chance uh from the Wheelman series. John, how you doing, sir? Good evening, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's a it's a pleasure to have you. Pleasure to have you. So so John talk talk with me first of all. You once you and I were communicating. Tell me everything that you do with the series. I mean, just as many of us do in racing. Sounds like uh sounds like you're a man of many hats. Yeah, I mean, uh, our you know our our structure is small. Uh, the way we you know way our series is, is designed, you know, you know it's not our full time jobs. We uh, we all have other other things we do. All have full time jobs, and the series is something that uh, was the vision of Steve Dorr, who who owns race car engineering here in, in Central Florida and Lakeland, Florida, and uh, he along with myself and and uh, DJ Macklin uh, are really the three main guys that run the racing events. And then Craig Cazone, who is uh, one of Steve's general managers, race car engineering handles a lot of our day to day operations, manages our Facebook page and stuff. So our core is very small. You know, our, our group is very small, and and ultimately the vision of the series was to to give our our racers here in Florida, uh, you know, it's kind of proof concept. We wanted to prove that you could start a series. You could run it fairly. You could treat your racers fairly. You could put on a good product to the fan at the same time, make it affordable. Um, and it, it took about two years for us to get traction with with some people. But once uh, they saw the proof of concept, it's it's kind of gone gone wildfire since then. And, and that's a, that's a very good thing. I mean that that that's what you want uh, with these series. So mm-hmm. so talk about. I I, th- I think it's so cool with you guys that. Uh, 
these series, I mean, you, you have to pay fees. You have to do all of this stuff, uh, you know, a car owner fee, driver fee, driver license, whatever it is. You guys, I mean, you, you don't mess with any of that. I, I mean, it's um, it's just it's show up and race. Yeah, and, 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 you know, ultimately, you know, all of us involved in racing realize that it's hard to go to a track owner and ask them for more money. You know, it's hard to raise purses um, with the series. You know, ultimately, the tracks have to make money. You know, if, if we don't have tracks to race at, you know, we have no series. And, and those of us who love the sport, love short track racing, you know, we run out of these places and we see it every year. You know, we see tracks closed down every year, you know, and they don't come back after that. We lose them and, and generally they're gone. So, you know, we pay a fair purse to our, our drivers, but what we do is try to reduce their costs. You know, when they go to a race, there are no entry fees for our races when they come. There are no slab fees. We do not do a mandatory tire purchase. We do not do a mandatory fuel purchase. There's no membership fee for our series. And ultimately, when we go to these tracks, we don't charge the tracks to show up. You know, for a series, we don't charge them a per-car fee. Um, we, we say, hey, we're going to bring you 20 to 22 cars. We're going to bring our team in to run the race. We just would like to use your facility. You know, we'd like to use your scales. We'd like to your, use your, your transponders and your scoring team, um, things like that. And we'll run the show. You know, we'll call the races for us. So we try to, to, to instead of asking for larger purses, we try to find ways to save money for our racers um, to make the, the night more affordable. Because basically, I mean, that's it. Everybody's going to look at what's it going to cost me to go you know, versus what I get back. Right. So we try to knock that cost down, you know, so it's just a, a little bit easier for them. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think one of the things that is so distinct with you guys, and thank you for the notes, I mean, because I had no idea on some of this stuff. So to me, here in Texas, asphalt racing has taken a beating, and we have one track yeah. that, that we're able to race. But one of the things was the, the shock package, and you guys have yeah. nipped that shock package right in the bud and um man that that is fantastic the way uh the way you guys mandate what you can do with the shocks yeah and we when we we have an option in the series you know um the first two years of existence we we had a an open shock rule with a claimer and and we were still getting you know people with you know twenty five hundred dollars shocks in their cars um ultimately we wanted to come up with an option that these guys could run and still get you know, the performance they're looking for, for, you know, our, our modern day setups. Um, so after our second year, we, we talked to a lot of teams and we, we kind of got a feel of what they were running, you know, as far as shock packages. And we went to Bill Stein and said, Hey, we'd like to make a spec shock that we can sell these guys for $150 that's going to perform good. And it's going to match up with today's, you know, modern day setup, which is right. generally low compression, high rebound stuff, especially in the front. So Bill, Bill Stein, they designed us a really good shock. Um, that's non-rebuildable, and if it gets taken apart, it cannot be rebuilt, um, especially the newer ones with the crimped ends on them. So we've taken away the the ability to get into a spec shock and change the valving on it. So they've come up with a shock for us. We've run it for three years now, and we give them four options for shocks. They have two front shocks they can pick them from, and they have two rear shocks they can pick from. And if they run all four of our shocks, one on each corner, they get a 100-pound weight break. Nice. If they want to run their own shocks, if they choose to run something they don't run on a Bill Stein, they can still do that. It's just they have to run a 2,900-pound base weight, but we still have a claimer rule in. So they can run whatever shocks they want, but there's still a $150 claimer on the shocks, meaning the series or any other driver could claim their shocks at the end of the night if they want to. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. I mean, that's how you yeah. do that right there. 
It, I mean, and we know that got out of control. I mean, I, I, I know you guys don't even have, you know, super late models running in the state any, anymore. And um, I know Chris Davison and, and have a little bit of dealing with him. And, and I saw him talking on the Dale Jr.'s uh, TV, uh, Lost yeah. Speedways episode, you know, talk about it. There's no super late model racing left in, in Texas and, and very few asphalt tracks. But that's one of the things that just, it's, it's completely out of control. And and uh, one of the things we can do for our guys, um, you know, again, we're no bump stops, we're no coal binding, you know, uh, we take all of that away, all that time and that money, we take that that ability away and, and to save them more money, because ultimately, like I said, hard to get more money, but we can try to save them money. That's right. That's right. So taking a look at uh, at these cars, I mean, what what I love about these cars is to me, because I've done this for so long, I mean, to me, these look like the old, you know, 80s, 90s asphalt, you know, you know with the big nose, maybe the tall, you know, spoiler, whatever, you know, yep. the, the, the manuf- not the manufactured body. I mean, these are home-built bodies on, on some of these cars. Isn't that such a great draw uh, for this division? It's kind of bringing back a little bit of the old again. Well, in Florida, there's there's really nothing like them. Yeah. Um, up if you get up into the Midwest, and uh, you get some outlaw, you know, late model cars that, that are similar to those. Um, and we're very, um, I want to say we're lax, but we have very few body rules. We have a roof height, the front and rear overhang, and some quarter panel heights. But other than that, we kind of let them get creative with the way they design their bodies. So not every car looks the same. You know, they are generally slab sided and wedge nose bodies, but if they want to run a template nose, they can run a template nose if they choose to. And the other thing is it's another cost savings to them. They do not have to buy a $3,500 to $5,000, you know, fiberglass template body, ABC body to run on these cars. Um, they can build these things themselves in the shop, you know, right. if they choose to. They don't have to be as creative as some of the nice cars are. If you want to come out with a, a slab sided car with a wedge nose, you can do that and still be competitive with us. And, you know, you've gone from spending, you know, 3,500, 5,000, put a body on your car to spending six or $800. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And they just look cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they really do. I mean, that, that's, that's the main thing. So, so it sounds like one of the questions I was going to ask you before you sent me some information, I mean, the difference between, between, you know, the Wheelman series car versus an outlaw, but it sounds like uh, there are very distinct <laughs> differences. I mean, the biggest difference is going to be the motor right off the bat. I mean, we run a 602 Chevrolet sealed crate motor across the division, every every car. So the biggest difference between us and an outlaw car is going to be that. And then there's subtle differences like the shock package. Um, we don't run wide fives. Um, you know, you know, we run a five on five hub. They've got to run stock spindles in the front. Um, and they can run a quick change in the rear, but still five on five. So there's some subtle differences. I mean, you know, Pensacola, Mobile, Crisp, they have the outlaw stock cars. They're close to us, but again, they run built motors, wide fives. Right. That's probably the biggest thing for them. And then, you know, with your outlaw late models, you know, they, you know, they run all aluminum engines and stuff in one of those cars. So, uh, but as far as the look, they look similar chassis wise, you know, they're very similar. We start off as a stock front clip series, you know, a stock front Camaro clip yep. and then tubed And over the years, we've evolved that to allow in tube clips that meet stock measurements they still have to run camaro lowers and they still have to meet all the measurements of a camaro clip um and same thing like we've phased in the rack with a 25 pound um penalty in front of the flywheel to get rid of the steering boxes because that stuff is getting so expensive steering boxes and center links and pitman arms and idle arms you know are costing more money than what it costs to put a rack and pinion on a car these days so 
done little things like that along the line, but I, I would say those are the major differences. Yeah, yeah, and those are huge. I mean, those are huge. I mean, that's how you that's how you keep the series thriving. I mean, it's stuff like that. I mean, it it all comes down to the pocketbook. So, you know, there's Port City cars. I mean, there's different cars out there. But uh, one of the things that you mentioned, I mean, you actually have some of these some of these you know manufacturers. They're actually building wheelman cars now. Yeah, Port City built their first one. I mean, Port City's been building clips and putting some clips on um, some cars in our series, but Port City and, and, and Gary went out this year, their crooks, and they built a dedicated wheelman car um, this year. They debuted it at 417 this year, and, and they didn't really like the way it worked. Uh, they had they put Mike Bresnahan here in, in Florida, which Mike is a great wheel here in Florida, um, won tons of super late model races, and they, they built a car for him. He brought it down, ran a few times. They didn't quite like it. They took it back. Gary's redoing some work on the clip, but that's the kind of interest the series has gained. Um, Tim Curry with FLF Race Cars up in Michigan has built several cars for us, and I've heard rumblings of other you know top super late model manufacturers leaning that way and starting to build these cars. Um, so it's got a lot of attention from people like that, and that you know that makes you feel good. You know that uh, the people are starting to build cars. So how do you? And and that's going to be the next question because what what we see with racing, I mean, like in Texas, our, our dirt factory stocks that they're, yeah, you know, they're getting a little bit out of control. I mean, I mean, it was built, yeah. you know, kind of the same concept in mind. How do you keep that playing field to for what you intended this series to be? It, it all comes down to cost. I mean, anytime, anytime we see something that's happening in the series don't like the direction that's you know we we sit down and put our heads together and say what can we do here what should we do here um we put retail cost caps on some of the parts we run um, for example headers uh, especially when you're dealing with crate motors it's uh, it's a big horsepower deal you can spend thirty five hundred dollars on a set of stainless bay of headers if you want to to get that extra seven horsepower that they provide you eight horsepower um, you know, we don't want to do that. And we, we had one set error in the series one time. And as soon as we saw it, we're like, this is something we don't want. Right. You know, this is something we don't want. So at that time, you know, you know what, we're going to put a retail cost cap on these headers. So we have a $750 retail cost cap on headers before you coat them. So you, the most expensive header you can buy is $750. And if you choose to coat them after that, that's fine. Um, same thing with brake calipers, uh, springs, you know, there were people buying, custom built your know, custom wound coil springs spending you know five hundred dollars a piece to have springs built a certain high certain wire diameter we knocked that out you've got to buy off the shelf you know maximum retail price of 130 dollars spring wow. you know, so we see we see stuff happening you know because they're always going to innovate that's what their job is you know sure. as, as car builders or crew chiefs they're always going to go faster right. and when we start to see that stuff come in you know we say well what direction is this going to take us and are more than just the top three to five teams in our series going to be able to use this and figure it out, you know, and then, and then we, you know, we adjust if we have to, and it's been pretty fluid and nothing real major. I think the biggest change we've really done since the inception of the series is going to all crates. Yeah. Um, the first two years we had a built motor option and a crate motor option. And then after the second season, we went to full crates the following season and spent that way. Yeah. So John, do you have teams that come to you guys and want you to relax that that shock thing or, or headers or whatever? It, 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 because I know, I mean, I, I've been in in you know tracks or series where they're like, well, let's adjust this or, or whatever. D do you get a lot of that, or do these teams understand that this is what we're doing with the Wheelman series? We're not relaxing anything. 
I, I wouldn't say we're not relaxing anything. We're, we always listen, sure, you know, sure. we always listen to it, but, uh, you know, racers, we're usually our own worst enemy. And, you know, in that respect, I, I raced for 20 years myself and, yep. um, we're our own worst enemy because we, we want to go faster and, and we're going to, if we want something to get done, we're going to find a way to justify it in our head. So it's not that we won't listen to, to people, but ultimately it comes down to cost for us. And not only that, you know, we want our we want our field to be tight. We just, we, we don't want there to be three to five guys that come and dominate our seasons or our races every year. We want to have, you know, parity through the field. You know, for example, our race this past weekend at Citrus County Speedway, um, the top 10 in qualifying were separated by less than a 10th and a half from, wow. from front to back and qualify, awesome. you know? Um, so our field is really tight and every week when we go, there's honestly 10 or 12 guys that could win the race every week. Um, and part of that's because the rule package is so tight and we, and we've taken some of the, you know, there's guys who are always going to work harder, you know, and, and sure. that's fine. And, and we, we still want that in series, but there's not everybody that has access to a pull down machine or can afford to take a car to a pull down rig, you know? So we try to take away those parts of, of, of the racing that, you know, we can't know those guys can't afford because ultimately if you don't think you got a shot to win, eventually you're going to stop coming, that's you right. know, and, and that's what we don't want. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 man, I just love how you guys have this set up. I mean, that that, that that's how you thrive. I, I mean, and that's what you have to do. Talk about uh, some of the drivers. Uh, I mean, you've got Jesse Henley, you got Brandon Morris, Brooke Store. I mean, a lot of us, uh, you know, see her. I mean, she's very active on social media. Uh, talk about some of the some of the folks that are out there, uh, you know, doing a really good job and and promoting the series and and really bringing it to the forefront as such a great traveling series you know along the coast yeah i mean one of the things that has really helped us uh, with the exposure to the series is speed 51 um sure. you know originally bob dillner um we we went to him and, and they kind of they would come broadcast a few of our races and they kind of saw the product that we were putting on the racetrack and the fields were we were getting and so for the last three years i think at least the last two years speed 51 has been broadcasting the majority of our races live on speed 51 so that has garnered us a lot of exposure um, as far as drivers, uh, Brandon Morris, our points leader this year, Brandon's a well-known racer in this area. Um, and then we have other guys. What's interesting about the series is we're starting to see that super late model drivers in this area either drop down to what we consider. What, it's not really drop down anymore, but they're they're building sportsman cars, right, right, you know, right. and they're running wheelman sportsman cars, um, or they're having both. You know, there's there's people that have both. So we're seeing, you know, your Jeff Schofields and, like I said, your Mike Bresnahan's. Um, it, Jesse Henley, our, our only two-time champion in the five years and our winningest driver in the series. But you see a lot of people from around our area, the southeast, that are very accomplished drivers from other divisions coming into the wheelman's cars now, into the sportsman division. So our talent pool is, is amazing. Uh, it really is. This race we had this past Saturday at Sears County Speedway, like I said, the fuel was so tight. But you, you look top to bottom of the field, and you're like – there's like 16 cars out there that are, that are really good, awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. decent drivers. Yeah. No, I mean, that's great. I mean, the, the parody is good. I mean, parody is good. I mean, that's a very good thing. And, and, and speak to that. I mean, you guys, I mean, especially when, depending on the track, depending on the week, I mean, you, you look around and, and, and their car count is hard. I mean, you struggle with car count. Um, I was, I'm on the mobile team and we, we had mm -hmm. a great weekend. I mean, we had a great weekend. We had a lot of cars. You guys, I mean, you, you have a great average. I mean, you guys just keep them coming back and keep them racing with, with the wheelman series. 
Well, the, and the thing is, is when when Steve, you know, started this and and started the Wheelman series, the Sportsman class in Florida was was a dying breed because yep. it had got out of hand cost wise. We were getting we were more similar to to the Outlaw stocks that you guys run at Mobile, Pensacola, Crisp. Um, we, our series was more similar. I mean, the sportsman cars were more similar to that rules wise, and it got to the point where it just wasn't cost efficient. So you, sure. you had a few cars around the state, but it was really a dying class. So in the first two years of the series, the second year of the series, we had 73 individual drivers compete with us in the in the second year. Last uh, two years ago, we had 65, and last year we had 63. So it was, we take a class in Florida that was basically a dying breed, and we built it to probably the largest class in the southeast. So when you have that many drivers to pull from and that many cars, you're always going to have people in and out. Your top 10, 12 guys are going to come run every race to your series for points. You know they're going to they're going to do it. But that bottom half of that field is going to rotate out. There's going to be locals that live at that race near that racetrack. They're going to want to race. They're not going to want to drive, you know, two and a half hours to South Florida to race, and vice versa. The guys from South Florida aren't going to want to drive to Chris to race necessarily, you know, because it's a long trip. So, it takes a large pool to draw from to get that 20 to 22 average we get at every race. But part of that is the rules package, and part of that is what we built, and and kind of see how we want our races. Also, our programs are very tight, very fair. Our, our 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 actual race direction goes really smooth most nights. So people, when they go to our race, they they know what they're going to get. Drivers do. Yeah, no doubt. And and that's uh, that's peace of mind right there when it comes to the drivers. So what do you what do you guys do with tires? I, I mean, I know there's a tire thing, um, you, you know, with rubber shortages and so forth and so on. I know Mobile, we do in Houston, we do American Racer. Hoosier obviously mm-hmm. is is the 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 stamp. Uh, what do you guys do with that? Um, luckily the, the tire situation for us has only affected us once this year. Nice. Um, we have most of our, our tracks, two of our tracks run American racers and the others run Hoosiers. Um, so we missed a race of 417 this year because we couldn't get American racers. Um, you know, they just didn't have any ready. Luckily with Hoosiers, our shortage has been more on the, the super side, like the F45 side. Right. Right. So we run F70 Hoosiers on our sportsman's cars. We did eight inch tire. And luckily we've been able to stay in those. As far as a tire program, um, we don't have a purchase. You know, like I said, we don't have a minimum purchase on tires. If they want to buy tires, they can. If they don't, they won't. Now, most teams buy four for every event. But sure. the F70 is a really good tire. Um, it repeats really well, so they're not having to buy practice sets. You know, they can practice on what they raced the previous 50-lap race, and they repeat good enough that they can set their cars up on used tires. Um, and as far as our tech procedures, we punch tires all night, you know, for durometer, we have a, a durometer rule of 48, anything less than that we toss out. So we check them after qualifying, we check them after the race. And usually a couple of times a year, we will take tire samples and, and send them off, um, have them checked it, um, and see nobody's trying to pull something over on us that may not be a softener, but could right. be a traction enhancer. Yep. <laughs> Damn racers. They will always, yeah. <laughs> we, we will always try to figure stuff out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our own worst enemy sometimes. Uh, I know, I know. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's totally true. Talk about the rest of the year. I keep popping up the, uh, the little video or the little screenshot there. Talk about the rest of the year. You're headed to Citrus County. Still have some races after that. Uh, br- break it all down for us as we get ready to wind down, uh, 2021. Well, the next race, like I said, is July 31st, Citrus County Speedway. That'll be another 50-lap uh, event for us. Um, Citrus has probably been uh, our biggest supporter of the series. So, like I said, the first couple of years, it, it took a while for people to believe in what we were doing. Um, and Citrus 
got on board right away. And as Cameron Ray and his, his people there, Citrus, they really do an outstanding job um, with their entire program. But they've supported us from the beginning. So we go back there on 31st for 50-lap event. We're off the entire month of August. We try to we through the summer months with the rainouts and stuff. We try to front load and then back load our schedule um, so we don't race a lot during the summer. So our next event after that is September 18th in Punta Gorda, 417 Southern Speedway. That'll be another 50-lap event. And then our last two races of the year will be our two biggest races. Um, <clears throat> Auburndale Speedway on October 16th is hosting um, our richest event we've ever had for the Wheelman Series. It's going to be a 100-lap, $3,000 to win, and, and I believe it's going to be $400 to start. Wow. Um, that'll be the richest purse that we've ever run for in Wheelman Series. Um, so I'm expecting that to be um, a big draw. Um, Rex Guy, owner of Albendale Speedway, um, really stepped up to the plate on that race. Um, really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. And then we end up our year for season ending championship is back at 417 Southern Speedway, and that will be our third annual High Kick 99. <clears throat> Excuse me. If any of you are familiar with the Milk Bowl, they run up in the Northeast. This is a 99 lap race, but it's run in three segments. Oh. We run three 33 lap segments. Wow. And basically the winner of the event ends up being the person with the highest average finish. So we'll qualify the cars. And in the first race, they will start straight up after that second segment, we will invert the lead lap cars and then we'll do the same thing for the last segment. Yeah, so awesome. your winner of that race ends up being uh, the guy with the highest, uh, the lowest average finish ratio. And then we call it the high kick to 99. And when it's over for the milk bowl, they kiss a cow. And for our race, they kiss a donkey. <laughs> oh, my God. That is awesome, man. That, that is awesome. So, yeah, best overall. So, yeah, that's how, that's a that's a great concept. So, so for you, having done this for so long, being a being a racing dude, um, it's got to be pretty cool to be a part of this Wheelman Series where you, you dial it back, you're doing stuff the old school way, trying to keep it affordable um, and, and afford people the opportunity to race. Got got to be pretty cool to be a big part of this. Uh, it it really has been great with with Steve Dorr and and and, and DJ Macklin and Craig Guzone. I mean, we work so well together, and um, it, it's been great to see it flourish. And it's been fun to watch the racers have a good time at it. I mean, we're, we're not always perfect, you know. We're we're not always perfect. We make mistakes just like everyone else does. But um, I know I'm biased because I'm on the inside. But I, I've been around this for a long time. You know, I've run you know, Florida Pro Series and Sunbelt Super Late Model Series. And I, I've seen other series in our area and, and how they end up. And, and honestly, I, I've never seen anything like this. But, you know, it's not just us. The group of racers that we have are are uh, just – they're good people. You know, they're not yeah. just good drivers. We started off with, the you know, the second and the third year. And when we really got traction, <clears throat> our core group of racers was amazing. They were good sportsmanship. They, they were great, clean drivers. And it set the bar so high in the beginning, you know, for, for the people coming into the series, it set the bar so high that when they came in, they knew what they had to do. You know, there's no fighting. There's no dirty driving. There's no people driving around the racetrack backwards. If you do that stuff, you will never come back with us again, oh. you know, you know, ever, um, you know, our fine structure, like we have issues and we've had a few issues over the years, you know, probably two or three over our five years, but like our fine structure, if we have to find somebody, the, that money goes to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. The series usually matches whatever the fine is. We fire, find somebody $500 for a conduct issue. The series matches that $500, and we wow. donate that money to St. Jude's Children's Hospital here in Florida. So it's uh, 
it's 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 like you said, it's been pretty amazing, actually. Oh man, I bet, man, I'm I'm in love with this series. <laughs> My goodness, yeah. this, this is awesome. Yeah. So before I cut yeah. you loose, uh, when I saw your email address, so 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 tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit about your career. When when you have a, an email address like that, I'm like. Dude had to have been a badass, or I'm uh, not that Long you're not. Story. And, and yeah. second question, I mean, hell, do, do you do you wish you could race? I mean, I know you don't want to race in your own series, but man, that that's got to be torture watching these guys and ladies. Oh yeah, they they make it look like a ton of fun. I mean, my racing career started in the mid '90s, and you know, and came up through the ranks through bombers and sportsmen, and eventually into super late models. And I, I've run probably just about every class over my 20 years, but. Um, I missed some of it, but I do have, um, you know, I got two young boys now. I got five and three year old. My youngest son, or my oldest son now, is is racing go karts, and yeah. um, I'm having so much more fun with him, um, and teaching him, and and he shows such interest in it. And he's he's really good at it, probably better than than I ever was. <laughs> so I'm having a great amount of time with him doing that. Um, but my career, my my email, he's talking about my my. My email address is, is pullsitter sixty one. Sixty one is my number. Um, the reason why it's pullsitter is my second or third year racing i i had an accident um ended up over the guardrail and on top of a light pole and uh it was a light pole that was uh holding up the caution light and one of the lights for the racetrack and they left the car there the entire night because they didn't want the the light pole to fall down on the racetrack in the races for the night so they left my car up there on on the light pole leaning all night and that's where the name came from that You knew it was going to be a good story, didn't you? Dude, I, I thought it was like you won a shitload of poles or something like that. Which <laughs> we maybe... won some races, but that's where it came from. Oh, actually. my God. That is unbelievable. So the guy yeah. before you said something, and I'm like, that's going to be a soundbite. Dude, that is a yeah. soundbite. That is a yeah. soundbite. Man. Good video, too. Good I, video, too. Oh, but... my goodness. I'm going to have to track that down. I will definitely yeah. track that down. So, uh, man, good stuff. I mean, congratulations uh, for for. I mean, all the success, and I mean, again, doing it, doing it the old school way, and I, I think that's that's something that I think it needs to happen in super late models, pro late models, modifieds. I mean, all of them. I mean, we kind of yeah. need to dial it back a little bit and make it to where people can actually still get out there and everyone can have fun. Yeah, it's fun to be in the front all the time, but it's uh, it's hard to be in the front when people are beating you before you ever get in the gate. Well, and, and, you know, it's the proof's in the pudding now for what we've done for this series. Yeah. And, and and you can still see it in the lower series. Like, uh, locally in our area, one of the biggest classes they have right now is this Ford Crown Victoria class, you know, these old police cars. Mm-hmm. There's 30 of these things every night at these local tracks down here. And they wow. put on the most amazing show. And the drivers get out, and they've got the biggest smiles on their face. They've had such a good time. They're only running for $100 or nothing at some racetracks. Yeah. But it just proves that you don't have to have the biggest, fastest, best-looking cars to put on a good show and have a good time. And ultimately, that's you know that's what we're all here to do is have a good time. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean that that is right. And and the thing is, entertain the fans. I mean the fans have to yeah. like what they see, and they like what they're seeing with you guys. But uh, yeah, good stuff, man. John, I, I appreciate you jumping on, and uh, I, I think the Texans are really going to jump aboard now and, and check out Speed Fifty One and. And uh, yeah. super cool, man. Uh, I want to check out, check one out of some of the races. Uh, yeah. You know, check out some of the races on Speed, Speed 51. They have all the replays over the last couple of years. Been some great races. Um, you know, before I get off here, I, I got to say thanks to the people that make this go for us. And, mm-hmm. and for us, that's our series title sponsor, which is Brandon Ford uh, here in Brandon, Florida. Brandon Ford is the largest Ford dealer in the world. They sell more 
Ford car and truck than any other Ford dealer in the entire world. Um, and they've been our series title sponsor for three years now. Um, so we have to say a big thank you to Wayne Hammond and, and Brandon Ford. Uh, also, Sunoco Southern Race Fuels, Rick Williams, uh, is a huge supporter of our series and just short track racing in general. And then Gagel Auto Parts, they're responsible. Which something we didn't talk about was for our four-tire giveaway. We give away four That's tires right. at every one of our events. Um, all you got to simply do is is Facebook message, email, call us, and say, hey, you know, we're going to come to your event. Um, and all you do, you do that. We put your number in the hat and the driver's meeting. We, we pull out four car numbers and we give away four free tires every wow. event just for telling us you're coming, <laughs> you know, awesome. there's no entry fee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Hell. But, but Gagel's auto parts is the one that makes that go and who's your race tire. So, and then beyond that, we have 21 or 22 contingency sponsors, every race, um, product certificates from people like Bassett wheels, five-star ARP. Um, we give $25 to $50 product certificates to, just about everybody in the field because we have 21 or 22 of every race. So when they show up for the next race, you know, we hand them a product certificate and say, here, you know, next time you buy a wheel, it's going to save you 25 or $50 on your wheel. So all, they all make it work for us. And without them, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, that, that, that's cool stuff. I mean, and that's what it's all about. I mean, I mean, it's so much, it, it, it's little things. I mean, little things, the, the racers need to know that you give a damn and that, uh, yeah. that, that goes a long way. Any expansion thoughts? Uh, I mean, I would think with this concept, if I were a track owner, I'd be like, John, please come race at my track. Um, yeah. Any any thoughts with that? Opportunities moving forward? It's always there. I mean, this year was we had we had some offers that came later in the beginning of the year after our schedule lay out, but um, Mobile called and expressed some interest in having us come there. Um, Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway called and Carteret Speedway, North Carolina, they've all made contact with us. In addition to the tracks we have here in Central Florida, New Smyrna Speedway, Citrus yep. County Speedway, Showtime Speedway, 417, you know, they've made contact with us, asked us to go. But ultimately, like we've talked about before, saving money for our racers, it has to make sense for our guys to go because Crisp has started a class similar to ours. They have like a 602 Sportsman class. So when we go, we have to bring our cars from Florida with us to those tracks. So right we financially have to make has to make sense for us to take our guys there and to travel out of state three times a year for our guys is a little bit tougher you know so we're we're open to to the expansion but in order for us to do it it has to make sense for our racers you know we can't say hey we're gonna go race uh we're gonna go race in, in north carolina you guys come and we're gonna you know pay you our normal purse it, it can't work that way right. you know it's got to make sense for them yeah yep great point great point love it dude John, thanks for the time, man. I uh, I'm getting to Florida. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm getting to one of your races, man. I, I love it. Great concept. Congratulations on the success, and uh, man, what a story. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's definitely a feel good story. I'm I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm proud of it every day, and and then what we've done, and and uh, I, it, it's already changed what happens here in Florida. You know, with the the way tracks just run their races, our our spin out rule, our tap out rule, our starts and restart rule. You know, our rules package has been adopted by every local racetrack here that runs, you know, wheelman type cars. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just made the series better, but it's made racing in our area better, you know, in general, as far as entry fees. Like we've seen entry fees go away in other classes, you know, for late models and things like that, other tracks because of what we've done. So um, it's it's helped across the board. No doubt about it. And that's what it's all about. I mean, that that's adding longevity to what we love to do. And, and that's most important, most important. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. John, thank you, my friend. Uh, man, I'll get this podcasted up and uh, 
Good stuff. Continued success, my right. friend. Thanks so much for uh, checking in with me here in Texas. Thanks for having me. I'll run. You bet. Take care. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. That right there. That and I'm going to pop that schedule up one more time. And, and I apologize for the. I'm not sure what was going on on the video side. The audio was good the whole time, and I'll get it podcast up at RevedUpSportsShow.com and RevedUpSportsShow.tv. But that that is how you, and, and it's kind of some of the stuff that that Gina's working on. That's how you do it, and that is what is lacking right now. I, I mean, I know. I mean, I know we all want to go fast. We all want to go fast, but when you start talking about, uh, you know, when, when they're doing the crates, and, 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 uh, and I've done this for so long, I remember with, with our street stocks, you know, way back when, when the, the whole crate thing was something that was thrown out, and it's like, well, you know, I don't know about that. But um, in this day and age, what the, the crate is so imperative for a series like this because it keeps everyone equal. And, yes, there are ways around that. I know that there's folks that can pull, you know, that can get the screws out and seat them back in and, and do whatever the hell they're, they're, they're going to do. But, I mean, that, that shock thing is huge. And I, I've got a lot of friends that sell shocks. And I, they're my friends. That's their business. And, and the, the, shocks will, the shocks will make a car respond totally different i mean we all know that if you've driven if you've driven one of these cars whatever the class and you get good shocks on your car yes makes a huge difference but but when you are in the business of trying to keep a class economical but uh, you you know they're 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 bilstein is selling these things for 150 bucks Uh, i mean that's that's unheard of that is unheard of and you know if you run the spec shocks 100 pound weight break i, I mean it, it it's a great concept and and it goes without saying they do not lack for cars cuz cuz i have checked in and and watched these cars because i i i i like i like the outlaws and and i love these cars i found the wheelman series because i like the outlaw type of car and um this is a great show this is a really great show and um that's really what you do. I mean, that, that this is a very racer team friendly, you know, series, and it continues to thrive. And that's really what uh, what needs to happen. And I love what they're doing. So, great job, great job, great interview. Like I said, I know on the uh, video feed we had a couple of technical things there, and I think it was some Wi-Fi stuff that was going haywire. I'll get all of that put up for you so you can uh, go back and listen to all of that. I'll get some video behind it and all that so uh, so it's uh, more appealing for you if you want to see, um, you know, the actual uh, graphics that I had up right there. But uh, I do want to thank, once again, uh, Code Red Cody Tidwell for checking in. Just good stuff right there. Two really, really good stories that, that, that came out of this. I mean, it's hashtag real race talk. I mean, I love what they were talking about anyway. But uh, just some of the, some of the stuff, uh, I mean, between – between what he's taught, what Tidwell is talking about with the hot laps, and then with my man Chance there, <laughs> that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'll get uh, all of that posted for you. Uh, keep checking in on the uh, Revved Up Sports Show page. We will let you know what's happening with Texas weather because I, I don't want to um, worry people, but I'm, I'm sure that you all are really checking weather as much as as anyone right now. But 
Uh, weather is kind of iffy the, for the week as well, so hopefully everybody's able to get their shows in and, and we, we can get some real get some real real racing done because it's it's been a struggle with with texas uh racetracks and and like uh code red was saying there uh and and i said it uh, i mean we're used to this happening with kennedale and devil's bowl and all these other tracks are usually the ones that uh it kind of sucks on the weather side but it, it, we're suffering in south and central and east texas and and again we we have no control it's uh weather and uh like i always say with with, with the track promoters when you get into a weather situation don't beat them up. I mean, if you want to have a conversation and talk about uh, what's happening with the weather, call the promoter and um, just kind of just kind of hang with them there. I mean, they have to make these decisions. It's tough. Right there, my best friend, Joyce, checking in, Abilene. Abilene was awesome on Saturday night. She's going to Abilene to watch races because we can't race in South and Central Texas. And that's, that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. So, uh I, man, we got to get Cotton Bowl racing. We got to get South South Texas needs to get racing once again. Thirty seven, um, all of them. Owen Texana. I mean, Owen's another one where I've had some conversations with him. This has been brutal with him. Owen is one of the ones. You know, we talk about with with the rainouts and all of that. Owen Owen is one of the ones where he took the bull by the horn and really tried to get a race in that he probably shouldn't have <laughs> but he tried to get that in and uh I mean it's what you do uh, I mean you, you these guys that, that and ladies they love what they do they want people to be able to race and um anyway so take a take some, take some peace on the promoters when they're having to make these decisions big thanks Code Red, Cody Tidwell for checking in, talking modified racing. I love that. Dude's a modified racer. He's going to stay a modified racer. Modifieds are badass. It is a premier class. Love the stock cars. Love the factory stocks, but that's it's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Wheelman Series. Check them out. Thanks to John Chance for checking in. That's how you run a series. That's why they do well. That's what Gina's trying to do. Saving that asphalt. Good stuff. Thank you all for being a part of the program. Sorry about the hiccups. We'll get it all fixed up and ready for next week. It's hashtag Real Race Talk from Texas. Friends, be nice to someone. You never know what they're going through. You're going to feel better as well afterwards. I'm Rodney. Bobby's back soon. It's a revved up sports show from Texas. Be well, everyone. We'll see you next time.